welcome Highfalutin Ski Bum Podcast, episode number 220. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? We're back in effect. We're back in effect. I have to get a new jacket this year. Oh, yeah? I was told by some people, they were like, I was looking at multiple years of pictures to like, it looks like the same year because you have the same jacket. I'm like, yeah, it really does. That green jacket all the time. So you gotta get a new jacket every year so you can better chronologize. Is that a word? Chronologize. Chronologize. Or, or just keep the same jacket and be like, I'll just be known as that guy with that's the green my, jacket. That's my move. I always get the dark orange jacket because dark orange. It's just my look. It's kind of like the podcast logo but you color. got the blue pants now so you, you switched it up with the pants well that's the thing i got the orange jacket and the blue pants which is the same colors as the podcast logo which is not a coincidence people or maybe you should topsy-turvy it do the top on the bottom bottom on the top that's ooh. how about in one continent you do it that way and then the other continent the other way or just smurf it up all blue one time and orange it up. All safety orange, all blue. <laughs> safety orange. I'm either working on the road or I'm a fucking smurf. I like it. That's Could why happen. I like that's why I like the orange and the blue because it's like a smurf crashed into a road repair <laughs> a road team. Cone. <laughs> a road cone, yeah. It's just like it just smushed works. right up on there. It just works. Oof. Well, thank just you. Feeling so, good this week though. Like feeling good. Football's starting. We got think- skiing starting on the horizon. A lot of oh, news yeah. coming out. It's good. No be a fallen. So a lot of positive things, a lot of happy stories this week, a lot of good vibes for this podcast. I like that shirt you have with the little helicopter on it. Oh, thank you. Pretty this nice. Warren Miller shirt. I would love to be heli skiing right now. Well, if you're Who into... Yeah, for sure, right? Now, if you're into t-shirts and you're into us, we like you a lot. Uh, you might want to check out skibonpodcast.com slash shop because... That's a great ooh, t-shirt too. This is a great goddamn t-shirt. And you have multiple colors, don't you? We have three colors now. Boom. And you know what? They're not black, white, gray, like some boring ass people do. No. What do you have? Got navy blue. I don't know what the color is called, like clay or rust. It's like a darkish burnt orange and some sort of charcoal color. So we got those. They will be hopefully online this weekend, but no promises. They'll be up there very soon, though. Skibonpodcast.com slash shop. Our website, of course, skibumpodcast.com. Socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Podcast. Our favorite social app, Untapped. We are at Podcast and Podcast Brian. YouTube, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, whatever. Everywhere. We're just everywhere. everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, we're all there. So please go there, subscribe, rate us. We'd really appreciate it. Yeah. If you want to send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. A lot of ski stuff going on. It's starting to happen. The sun is is setting earlier. It's starting to get a little bit colder. Ski season is around the corner. So thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. Mario, let's kick it off like we always do. It's time for Opre today. All right, so for my Opre, I'm sticking with another favorite local that I've had before. This is Tampa Bay Brewing Co- uh, Company's showing for their, where is it? Pumpkin season. Gourds gone wild. So <laughs> that's pretty funny. It's a pumpkin ale. It's very tasty, not too sweet, not very syrupy, but it, it's really good. I got to say, this is one of my favorites. I saw it in the store. So I was telling Brian, I had a, my first pumpkin beer last week. 
And I was like, well, you know, everybody, I'm jumping the gun early because everybody else is jumping the gun early. They got like Halloween shit out everywhere. So I figured why not? I was out somewhere and they had, Hey, you know, everyone's going in there, putting swastikas on their shirts and raising the right arm. Hey, I'll go do it too. Yeah. Why not? Right. Why not? Just join the party, man. Water's nice. Just come on in. Yeah. I had my first pumpkin beer. I think it was a shipyard pumpkin because it was on. Uh, I was at a hockey rink <laughs> watching a tournament that went all freaking weekend, all holiday weekend, but I was in the nice cold hockey rink. So it kind of fit because I'm like, it's like fall weather, almost Christmas. Like it, it feels was- like you're in New England. Exactly. Right. So I had my shipyard pumpkin. I was like, this is perfect. So. Then we're out in the store. Like that one's pretty light. That's like five point something, right? Like that's a pretty light ale. Yeah, the shipyard. The shipyard's pretty light. This one is six So this isn't hugely. Gourds gone wild. What kind, of, what kind of beer? Ale. Yeah. Okay. So six percent. It's not too bad, but it's got a good flavor. It doesn't have like so. The shipyard is more pumpkiny. This doesn't have as much pumpkin. It has pumpkin flavorish. But it doesn't have that super cinnamon and nutmeg and all the other crap they put in it. It just tastes like a little pumpkin-y. So it's kind of like a little hint of it. It's This is the one to like ease you into the pumpkin season, I think. Okay. It's very good. Maybe, again, like I keep saying, I'm going to have to send you some beers up there, Brian. But I never get around to it because I'm lazy. I'm a bum. That's what happens. Plus, too, you got to get like, what do you got to do? Is like dry ice or something? If you're going to ship beer? I'll, I'll get them warm and ship them up. But there you go. Yeah, there's a few beers around that I'd have to collect, but it's a lot of work. And then I got to like ship it, you know, I hear you. Or I could just drink it and tell you how it is. (laughs) (laughs) I could just follow you on untapped and get all of your tasting notes and see the picture. This is good, right? Like all the work that goes into just just drink a fucking beer. How about that? I'm sure you got something similar up there, right? Probably. I mean, I don't know how wild our gourds are up here, but, you know, we got we got some gourds, though. We got some gourds. We got, got some, some gourd action. That guy. We got some gourd. All right. What do you got, Bri? So I have something fancy this week. Uh-oh. Fancy. Something, something worthy of this podcast. Something worthy of, of me. How I view myself. Oh, who's the guy? Uh, Leach? Robin Leach? Robin Leach. With champagne wishes and caviar dreams. It's very, it's very apropos to that, right? I didn't realize he died two years ago. I remember it vaguely, but I don't know. I had no idea. But it was like if it wasn't for him, Cribs would have never happened. Let's put it that way. Dude, a lot of stuff wouldn't have happened. Instagram wouldn't have happened. It's, that's right. Everyone's showing off their, their wealth and their fanciness and Pim my rocking it. Pimp my <laughs> Pimp my yurt definitely would not exist. Pimp my yurt. That would not still be in the works if it all wasn't. Robin Leach. He started that whole game. That's right. He was badass. I think our our Pin my yurt. When we do yurt X, it's coming up again. I was going through my notes. When we do yurt X, I think we're going to have to have his little face as like our, our logo. With like him with like goggles on? Yeah. That's not a bad idea. Him and Elon Musk, like <laughs> hugging, drinking beers. I can see that happening. We do that. I can see that happening. We do is we get the wax Robin Leach and we put him next to the real Elon Musk. Our pal Elon, who we hang out with all the time, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Elon, if you're listening, we love you, man. He would definitely bring us our flamethrower. He would hang out with our wax Robin Leach. Maybe the two will go together, and he'll torch Robin. We don't know. He's crazy. 
He wants Pre- to go to Mars. He'll do whatever yes. he wants. Yeah. M A R S. M A R S S? R S S. R S S. So again, I've got a fancy beer, something royal, something amazing, something delicious. Because last weekend, I finally made my journey, my pilgrimage up to Massachusetts, like I said I would. Like I was trying to do for months and months and months. But this goddamn summer just bent me over and showed me who was boss. All summer bitching up a storm. I can't get this. I can't. What'd you get? I finally went. And I went to Treehouse. God damn it. And I waited an hour in line at that crazy ass freaking brewery to get this king julius julius not not regular julius not julius but king julius the one who went to all the julii and conquered them and destroyed them and let the brewery run red with the blood of his weaker beer constituents this is the king it's all king julius that's left this is the king king julius this is the beer I'm drinking right now. All right. Now, what is that compared to the Julius? Is it more, more, better, stronger, faster, thicker, veinier, more amazing. It's, it's just, it's uh, just more flavor, more haziness, more uh, hoppy goodness. Uh, it's just stinking hazy. You know, it isn't like some of these breweries are dumping lactose in their beer. Like this is, this seems to be like a lactose free, but just. Lactose in the beer does it come from the you just boobing it right in there like the a lactophile. There's there's a few places that do do that, yes. They haven't said like where the lactose comes from. I always wonder about that. I'm a lactose tolerant. But this one, this is just hazy, hoppy, smooth, fruity. It's it's awesome. Nice. But yeah, like I said, so you go to Treehouse, so you gotta you gotta order it at 9 30 in the morning. You gotta go online, you gotta put in your order, and you go there. And like, I had no idea what to expect. I just come from a recreational legally store, allegedly in Massachusetts. So I was getting full supplies, full supplies there. So then we're on their way. Go to uh, Charlton is the town that it's in. And you pull in and you're like, okay, cool. I'm just going to go drive up. I've got my number. Cause like you got to write down your number on a piece of paper ahead of time. Like it's a whole thing. We go up there and we just see all these cars and we've just been on the road for like almost two hours going to the allegedly recreational weed shop, waiting in line, then going to right to treehouse. And my wife being super pregnant and super annoyed right now is like, are you oh, serious? Waiting in this line? She's hungry. She's pissed off at me. She's Why like, do we have to wait here, Brian? I can hear her right now. Like, you know exactly how she was feeling and saying and thinking. Exactly. Yeah. So we were in line and it's just this matrix weave parking lot. You know, like when you go to amusement park and you have all these like Oh yeah, the little switchbacks kind of for your your line. The velvet ropes, or was it just standing? It was like that of cars. So it was like from one parking lot loop and loop and loop and loop to the next parking lot loop and loop and loop and loop. Did you get tested for COVID on that (laughs) line? Dude, it was crazy. Right. They do the and then they swab you. There was no swabbing going on, but they had like everyone was masked up at the brewery. But we asked the guy, we're like, you know, it was like, this is the right line for us, right? Like we pre-ordered, they're like, Yep, this is the line. Damn. And he's like, Yeah, it's not too bad right now. I'm like, 
not too bad. It was like 45 minutes of driving around in the brewery parking lot to get to the front to actually get our beer. So isn't that ridiculous? Why don't you just park your car and then they come out to the car that's there? They know you know. I passed 97 liquor stores on the way to go to this place. (laughs) (laughs) You know? How many corners did you pass where somebody had wheat? Seriously. Seriously. But yeah, so you finally get there. And as you're rolling up, they have guys with walkie talkies. You have to like hold your number against the window. Get a car. (laughs) Dude, they're like, they're like phoning in your number. And then they like bring you up and they have another person come in and check. And they, so they have someone, I guess, pack it and get it ready for you. And they have this other person call up and then they wheel it out to you. And they dump it off on a hand truck and you got to do it yourself bring it into the uh, your car and then you go. And of course you always have, and there's only like, like a little, like a cul-de-sac where you kind of go in and then like six cars, then you all kind of go out and the next six come in and they bring their beers. And of course there's always the one asshole who's like got his coolers and he's putting like each beers as he's doing it into the coolers. And like the lady working there is like, dude, you gotta get going. You can't do it here. They actually have a whole parking lot at the bottom dedicated where you can go and pull over and like re-situate your beers after you pick them up. But the best is they do it, the angriness with the accent. You gotta have it. You gotta take that next time. It's never like it's not an accent that's gonna have like a feel goody, happy, soft, encouraging message when you hear the accent. You're you're a wicked idiot. What are it's you always doing? you're a stupid queer, like what the fuck, kid? Like it's it's just never get the fuck out of here. It's always aggressive. It's always angry. It's never like, oh just be yourself. Be your best you can be. You yeah, could be no. anything you want. No, it's always just angry. Dude, I guarantee you, TB12 could have pulled in there and they would have been like, dude, pack your cooler. I'll help you pack it for you. Take your six rings and get in the back of the line, you <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> get the fuck out of here, you Tampa Bay bastard. Your six rings don't get your shit here. Get in line like everybody else. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what would happen. That's for sure. So here's the kind of level of psychopath I am these days. After, actually before even going, I was looking online, checking out what what they have. Because you have to buy per case there at Treehouse also. It's not like, I'll get a four pack of this, four pack of that. You have to to buy per case for like 98% of the beers they have. Wow. And they sell out quick. So I was on there at 930 when it first came up. I'm on a conference call for work. And all I could think about is like, what beers I'm going to get. I'm like, I got to make sure I get enough green and some Julius and I'll make sure I get this one, like uh, play some one wacky peach IPA, make sure I got that. And they show how many, like for certain ones, they show how many they have left. And it's like 10 remaining. Then it's like eight remaining, five remaining. I'm like, I got to put this goddamn order in. Damn. The night before I was actually so concerned about the hour and a half drive from the brewery to my mother-in-law's house, I was like, yeah, I should stop and buy a $300 Yeti cooler. That seems like a pretty pretty logical idea. Reasonable? Reasonable, right? Of course, like any logical person would go, you know, I just spent 200 bucks on beer. I'm going to go spend 300 more to keep it cold for 90 minutes. But what's to stop you from buying 200 bucks of beer at the brewery, going to the edge of the parking lot and selling it to the people for double the price that are just coming in? <laughs> Pretty sure those people have already pre-ordered their beers and don't want to spend double the price when they can just go up and get it in just 45 saying, minutes. When they run out, I'm sure people are desperate. 
this was Labor Day weekend, so this was the Friday of Labor Day weekend. So it was, I, to me, it seemed extra crazy. Dude, I, was, gotta, I gotta ride my jet skis. I need my wicked beer. Dude, but that line, I mean, they are making a goddamn killing there at Treehouse. Good Lord. Oh, and they're able to be open. There's a lot of breweries that are still closed. Yeah, oh, just open back up. The facility, I mean, the, the grounds look beautiful. They have this giant new, you know, brew house building and, and warehouse. And there's, again, there's all these parking lots there. So they must, you know, when things are back to normal, probably get slammed with all these people coming because it's nice. a great spot. I mean, you saw tons of RVs. You saw license plates from all over the place. Cool. Campers, like a lot. I mean, there's one group of dudes. It's funny. We Right after we left the place, because my wife was pissed off and hungry, we had to find somewhere to eat. And it was the only place we could find because Charlton, not a whole lot going on there. We found a package store, which is a liquor store. Nice. Most normal people, but they call it a package store. Well, because it, you can drink in it and then they sell you stuff out of it. Ah, uh, is that how it is? Yeah, they have in Jersey. Really? Oh, yeah. Package. They have package store. Um, what if they just call liquor stores package stores up there, though? Well, they usually don't want to call it a shitty bar because there's a dive bar and then there's a shitty bar. A shitty bar sometimes is a shitty bar and a package store. Uh, well, this oh, one, right. it was a deli, like a sort of like convenience store and liquor store. There you go. So, package goods. Yeah. Package goods. But yeah, we got the got some sandwiches there. Got some ice. Very important. The bags of ice. But ice. we saw like the same dudes in like the big like sprinter van. They all had like five bags of ice. Like they're just like dumping it in there to keep their beers cold. Got the sandwich. It was extremely mediocre. And I used my regular $30 Coleman cooler that I bought when I was in Stowe, Vermont, because we'd gone to Alchemist and nice. before Lawson's opened their new facility, stopped at a bunch of liquor stores in the Stowe area. Um, what the hell is the name of that town right there? Waterbury. And bought like all these beers. And I was like, oh my God, my regular cooler is too small. I need another cooler. I got to tell you, the shitty Coleman, it did its job. It got pinched. It kept it cold for 90 minutes. The next day I went to the another place and bought ice. I put in I think 10 pounds of ice with all my treehouse beers. It kept it cold all afternoon and the whole overnight to next day. Damn. So I save up next time. You got to be prepared. The way I'm looking at it, I saved 300 bucks because I didn't buy that Yeti cooler. That's true. Or you know what you could do? I have like two in my garage. You buy Omaha steaks and they they send this giant like the foam, foam cooler you chuck some dry ice in there you're good to go dude i we gotta talk to somebody at yeti we need a yeti guy a yeti guy when things start blowing up on this podcast i want to have an rv like a sprinter van decked out with like a yeti i don't want to call it a room but almost like a I don't know, like a shower, a containment unit, just like a super Yeti fridge as part of the build. Containment unit sounds really cool. I was thinking Ghostbusters. You know, they have the containment unit for the uh, ghosts. Right. You just put it in there. That's like the cold stuff. Yeti containment unit. Because I love stuff cold. You got an RV, you chuck the dry ice in the top and it all goes down. That's what I'm saying. Like we'd have like beer and watermelons and maybe a couple of like ribeyes. See, 
You can age. Think about it. You age your steak. Yeah, I got my Costco watermelon. Let it sit on the counter for two weeks. I open it up. Fucking bad. Two weeks, dude. What are you doing? That's way too long. I know. I didn't. Eat, I I slowed down between when I got it and when I cut the other are one. You going on Mars? How long, my, you, how long you I, go to Mars? Two I weeks. Consumption. Two weeks. It's, that's God. unacceptable. You, you can't. Unacceptable. It's, like it's got to be like a few days. That's the that, window. You, five days. You're, you're tapping out. You gotta just. You're done after five days. I should have. I should have. I should have cut it open. Should have broken. Watermelon up. died for you. God damn! I was so mad. Died for you. Number one, I hate wasting food. Number two, I hate wasting watermelon. Fucking See? killed me. And if you had the Yeti watermelon cooling containment system, this wouldn't be a problem. They need like a watermelon carving thing where you just put it into a machine. It goes and fucking cubes right out. Dude, that that would be that's nice. That's a right? trillion dollar Shark Tank idea. I'd go in a Shark Tank and be like, guess what? Guess what I have? And you know what? Fuck all of y'all. None of you are invested in my company. I'm taking all this profit. This is my watermelonator. You know, it'd be great. You make it and you just, to piss people off, all you do is you shave it. <laughs> You fucking take the like the outer skin out and you just uh, still leave everything on there. But like, goddamn, this thing also would shave my fucking watermelon. Now it's more slippery than ever. Dude, we can replace severed hands and we still don't have like a device to shave and chop a watermelon up quickly. Uh, how about watermelon chopping hands? Like blades that you put <laughs> gloves in and you just go like that and you just watermelon chopping. Just get like your hedge trimmers and like put them, attach them to a glove. That would work. I think you know the uh, the carving knives, the uh, electric knives. Those would work well. I don't have one, but seems like, like it would be. well. Think about it. you put your hands together, and it's like a blade, and you can kind of like rub it along the top of the watermelon. And it cuts it open. Perverse. And then you can take the two hands and like just scoop it out in like one, one like, like fucking Edward Scissorhands. It's like. <laughs> Bam, bam, bam. There you go. Like you got one. Edward electric knife hands. <laughs> electric knife hands. Edward scissor hands 2.0. <laughs> Edward hedge trimmer hands. Yeah. So, but there's got to be a way. Like, like a nice indoor chainsaw would work well for a watermelon. Just like. Like a finer chain than a regular wood chainsaw, right? Exactly. You don't want those big teeth. You want like a nice like blade on it. And yeah. just. You go right there. Almost like some sort of dental tool. I'm writing this down. You bet this is gold here, people. Do refined chainsaw. <laughs> a culinary chainsaw. Culinary chainsaw. You're gonna cook you're gonna cut meat. You might need that too, right? Culinary chainsaw and civilian grenades are the future, I think. Civilian grenades. Just less civilian powerful, like like say you have something like Say some like rabid asshole dog comes your way. Just civilian grenade. <laughs> grenade. Yeah, you know, get some raccoons, a bird nest you don't want to deal with. Civilian <laughs> grenade right in the tree. Boom. You got hornets. Boom. Civilian grenade. Dude, for wasps, hornets, murder hornets, bees. Oh my God, they're horrible. Civilian grenade's the way to go. The best is if you YouTube people like getting rid of like a fucking hornet's nest or wasp nest, it's hilarious because they get stung like crazy. They're horrible. My, my like, mom is allergic to bees and she is using her vacuum to suck up all these bees. She's oh like, I've been stung like four times. She's like, I have, luckily, I, she's like, I went to Costco and got Benadryl, so I'm ready to go. Are they regular honey? No. I, I, I don't even know. They're, they're just, honey 
is you can call somebody, they'll pick them up. They're in danger. Like they will take them because they make money off of that. They'll take the whole hive and freaking they'll, they'll like pay yeah. you to take those bees out. They don't want mom to come and vacuum up. Like she's just like, I, like, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. She leaves it on all day and just sucks them out. I'm like, <laughs> I just, I don't understand the way your brain works. Like you say that your mom's going nuts too. Like they're just, you hit a certain oh. age, you just go nuts. I'm, I was trying to tell me this fucking story today. I'm over there like painting her front door because she doesn't like the color red that it's painted, whatever. So I'm out there painting it. She's telling me the story how one neighbor in a wheelchair did a threesome with two other neighbors. I'm like, what the fuck is going on in this old community? Where is she at the, uh, what's the, what's the place up in, uh, She's at another one that's like the villages, but like, like, oh my God, I couldn't believe this is happening. I'm like, Ma, I'm sure this shit is going on all the time. Dude, that like. She actually said that she read something recently and we talked about it before where she's like, you know, I read something where these people in these communities like this, they're going and they're having sex and they're getting all these diseases. I'm like, yeah, they're getting STDs because they're just banging without any covers, you know? Yeah. I didn't up. expect to make it this long. I don't give a damn. Old dude in a wheelchair still gimping around. He's like, he's like, hey girls, if you want to have a threesome? I oh stormed the God. beaches at Normandy. Now I'm gonna storm both your asses. <laughs> Johnny Sin's grandfather, right there, folks. Boom. <laughs> Teaser for the future story. Teaser. <laughs> yeah, like so it was quite a journey to get my beers. I will say, I think it was worth it. It was a fun trip, and yeah, I hope to get back there. It was like when, the Warriors, it sounds like. Um, yeah, yeah, like sandwiches. <laughs> it was a much, much more boring version of the Warriors. Yeah. I'm flipping through the channels the other night, and the Warriors are on. So I'm like, Great oh, I'm goddamn movie. And it's near the end, and I'm like, there's no sound. So the cable <laughs> company had it in with no sound. I'm like, what the fuck, Are man? they messing with me? Messing Are you me? messing with me? I I'm love like this movie. channels to see if it's my TV. No, it's the goddamn channel. The dialogue in the film is not exactly super well written. You know, it's not. It's, I watched it as a silent movie for about twenty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, I can't watch this anymore. The music is awesome, though. So that's the part you're missing out on. I love yeah. that soundtrack. It was near the end where they were trying to make it back by the. Yeah, it was just weird. The Lizzies. You girls are all right. Yeah, it's just, it's such a great movie. It's so awful and so great at the same time. Yeah, I, I thought about you. I was like, Brian would love to see this. I'm like, oh, I don't know if he could see it where he's at. Oh, I have it on Blu ray. Don't you worry about me. Blu ray, too. Blu ray. If they didn't show anything in like high def or close to high def. Yes, they did. They <laughs> they were from the future. The guys who made the Warriors. Well, they, they, take, they take the film and they, they can like. Did they know. Ted Turner colorize? <laughs> <laughs> that was the best for a while. Like everything was coming like, out. What the hell? It's like someone took like a bad watercolor course and like. But then you look at it. You're like, why do we need to watercolor it? Why do we need to colorize it? Just let it like, be, man. Just let, just let it be. be. Yeah. Main black white, just leave it. Just let it be. All right. So that was a lot of chit chat. Yeah. Pray today. But now we're skipping the gondola. We're letting it. It's not even that it's quarantining. We're just giving no, it a little break. Right now, but we're making sure it's safe before people get in it. Exactly. We are. Test it out. We are completely sanitizing it. 
we're wiping everything down, making sure no one gets sick. We're going to be at 50% capacity. Don't you worry. It's going to be a big gondola fall. I believe in the rules. Follow the rules. We believe in the law. Law and order. Let's go to ski news. And you like snow? Do you want to go to Europe? Well, if you're a filthy American, you can't go to Europe. So don't even worry about it. But there is. But you're not a filthy American, are you? (laughs) You're a filthy Canadian. Snowfall in the Alps and Pyrenees. The snowfall is being greeted as the first of the season at ski areas in Andorra. Fucking gem. I want to go there. I know. Everybody talks about Andorra. Who's everybody? Me. Everybody. I talk talk about Andorra. Word on the street is Andorra is a place to be. Andorra. It's so tiny. tiny. And it takes 20 years to get citizenship. 20 years of living there to get citizenship. Even Wikipedia says it's a tiny independent principality. It's tiny. It just sounds awesome. So goddamn tiny. Yes. But there's snowfall in there, as well as the French and Spanish Pyrenees, and the heaviest so far in the Western Alps. However, some glaciers in Austria and Italy have already had several snowfalls up high this month. Mm. Accumulations totaled 5 to 20 centimeters. The heaviest falls above 3,000 meters. 5 to 20 centimeters. That's like what, like 2 to 8 inches, something like that. In the real world? Like, what does that translate to? Yeah, let's call it that. Many resorts have already closed high lifts and hiking and biking trails in advance of the weather front, which brought heavy rain to the lower elevations. Safé and Zermatt in Switzerland reportedly reported significant accumulations on their glaciers. Glacier 3000, currently close to skiers, reported 40 centimeters of new fresh snow. Damn. So 40 centimeters, that's like 18 inches, maybe? Guessing? 16 inches? Something like that. Pretty nice amount. Four glacier ski areas will be open for the start of September in Austria, Hintertux, Italy, Passo, Stelvio, and Switzerland, Safé, and Zermatt, with summer glacier skiing now over for most. Snow is falling in Europe, but unfortunately, as Americans, I think we're all sort of can we even travel there? Like, I thought we were like a red country and they won't even let us in. We can't even leave the fucking house. So, I don't know. We can't get on a plane. Like, I'm going to try to get on a plane as soon as I can. <sighs> we're all happy down here in Florida because they're opening bars on Monday. Oh, are they really? Exactly. Like, fuck it. Let's go. You know where you are? You in the jungle, baby. <sighs> You know, the numbers haven't jumped that much. Staggering. Everybody's like, oh, my God, the numbers are jumping. I'm like, yeah, well, we have kids going to school. We got shit going on. People are getting in contact with each other. So, yeah. Yeah. You know what I love about this article, though, is the freaking little video of just sewing snowfall. It's just so peaceful. Chairs are on the tables outside, and they're just showing the snow. Beautiful. I could watch that for hours. I know. I just feel very calm and relaxed watching the snowfall. I'd really like to have like a wall TV in my room and it just plays snow falling all the time would be amazing. That's not a bad idea. That'd be good. Like relaxation, Zen, like kind of thing. Maybe a little, all you hear, not music, 
I don't want to hear the fucking rainfall. I don't want to hear dolphins. I don't hear any of that shit. I, I want to hear, hear dolphins. I just want to hear wind and snow. That's all I want. What if there were snow dolphins? Snow dolphins. <laughs> Fuck those guys. I want to see just snow. I want to see yetis and shit. Snow Every once in a while, in the background, just a little. Rawr. Yeah. All right. Next up, we got sneak peek future retro. So this is for this is the new Warren Miller film. The new for this year. They just released a quick little sneak peek for us. Damn. Nice. And it's not even like a trailer or a teaser. It's just a couple of photos of some of the folks who are in the upcoming film. Yeah. I was expecting a trailer. That's what's taking it back. We're not even getting that right now. Wow. They're trying to tease the shit out of it. Well, they came out, you know, they did the War Miller, which we talked about with the people that created the documentary, yep. The movie about him. So they released that this year. So, you know, that's that's big, but uh, I'm sure this one's been in the making. So it's nice to tease it this way, I think. Well, I just wonder, like, what is it going to be like? Are they going to even have the tour this year? Because that was always a big thing that would happen in, you know, October, November, December, is that they would. You know, you'd be going to your local, you know, whatever you're you're living at, the local Warren Miller movie showing. And that was always like a big deal every fall. I mean, that was always one of my kind of yeah. favorite harbingers of the season. But well, I saw the uh, now, I don't know. Central Jersey Ski Club reached out to you, right? Are they still going to have that uh, event or they don't know, right? <sighs> I mean, right now, if you try to put in your zip code for you know, your uh, local area, everything's coming back is no, no events in your area. And that's Colorado. That's Vermont everywhere. Yeah. Well, it looks like they have the teaser shows photos from Vermont, Switzerland, Alaska, Iceland. Um, yeah, it looks pretty cool. looks like they're, uh, got some good footage, but it's been some good snowfall. So, you know, they're not waiting on lift lines necessarily where they're skiing. So, yeah, I'm thinking the show goes on for making the movie, how it's going to get distributed. We'll see. I mean, every movie's coming out to direct to video now. So I don't know if they're going to have to do that this year, if they're going to be able to have uh, some kind of events, but I hate that so much. I, uh, at least the technology is there that they could say, Hey, you know, it's limited, but we're going to release it on this day. And you just download it. And watch what about it. like just get a big parking lot or drive-in theater or something? Play it there in your cars. Yeah, you know, I saw something on drive-in theaters, and I'm like, you know, drive-in theaters could make a comeback because it's the perfect way to quarantine and still show movies. Yeah, for sure. You know, all those like disappeared, um, but they're great. You could bring your own stuff. You could hang out, sneak people in in the trunk. That's how you work it. <laughs> That's just how you do it. That's how you do it. But yeah, so we'll see. That uh, looked pretty cool. Definitely check out the pictures on that. Um, Link yeah, in the show notes. They have. Yeah. Check the show notes. Next up, long live indie brands. Jason Leventhal sells four front skis to new owners. <clears throat> Whoa. So this is kind of a crazy thing a couple years ago and back in 2017. Uh, Jay Leventhal acquired four front skis from its founder, Matt 
Sturbens and help maximize its status in the free ride community by implementing a direct-to-consumer business model, scale, selling skis solely through Forefront.com. Uh, I think this is Jay saying this. Over the last three years, I turned Forefront into a digitally driven brand. I didn't change the soul of the brand. It was really just about modernizing it to get up to speed with today's direct-to-consumer e-commerce business model and become financially stable. I didn't sell it because COVID hit or because Forefront was going bankrupt. I sold it because it is worth something now. It's ready for the new owners to take that to the next level. I mean, it was a big deal when he kind of bought that a bunch of years ago. And, you know, his J-Skis company has been really blown up the last, you know, two years. So, I mean, I think this is awesome for, for Jay and for the for forefront, the new guys who bought it, Charlie Johnson, Abby Lang, and Will Armenta. But uh, they, it seems like it's moving it ahead still, which is good, right? It's not just passing to another owner. It's like, you know, it, it seems like, like you said, you know, Leventhal modified it, got it to a certain place, and now he's like passing it along for good, for the benefit of the brand, rather than... I'm just letting it go for money, right? He's well, yeah. It's not like he's like, selling it to K2 or something where they're just gonna like you know throw it in their uh, their bag of of companies they own and just let them just kind of flounder. This is you know sold to a, a group of fellows who you know they've worked for a couple different ski companies and are passionate about the brand to start with. So this is, I mean, if you're a, a forefront rider, this sounds like a pretty awesome move having these guys be the new owners of it and if you know they're looking for a podcast or people to work for the company they're out of burlington so that kind of works yeah <laughs> see right we can make that work it's the same if you want to send us a couple pairs of skis too to try out we are happy to do some consumer testing we are available for that ski bump podcast at gmail.com if you have media day somewhere let us know we'd love to hear about it show up trust we skis. are the people's podcast Let's be honest. Exactly. There's plenty of other ski podcasts out there, but most of them are not interesting to everybody. That's right. We are your pals in the car driving to the mountain with you. That's what this podcast is all about. And that's why you love it. And that's why we love you. Aww. 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 Virtu- virtual yeah. hugs. Virtual, virtual hugs. love fest. Aww. I'm tearing up. <laughs> All right, next up we have a ski legend paints Mad River Glen a new trail map. So James Niehaus. The one and only James Niehaus. Niehaus, Niehaus. I know the- I call him uh, Niehaus, you call him Niehaus. He's Niehaus to me. He's Niehaus. I know he came out with the book this year, but um, he actually this year painted a um, a new map for Mad River Glen, which is great. Um. So Mad River prizes itself on, on being uncrowded, natural skiing, above faster limits, short lines, and it's a skier-owned co-op in the U.S. So, so awesome. uh, they remain fiercely independent, and they got James. I don't know if he approached – they must have approached him uh, to paint, hand-paint a new map for them. And if anybody doesn't know who he is, who, who James Niehaus is, um, he has a book out that started on Kickstarter, I think it was, uh, and now it's, it's everywhere. But he is the man, if you've ever looked at a ski map, chances are like, what is it, like 
it's a staggering amount, like 80 or 90% of them have been done by him and he's done some really great work. So, um, I think it's really cool. So painted them a new map and they're ready to go. Well, now this, this whole Kickstarter is, they were trying to raise $7,500 for him to paint the map, right? I think so. Yeah. Isn't that, wasn't that the whole thing? Yeah. The coffee table book, 292 page hardcover coffee table book. And I think well, was that some... was the book, but I'm talking about the whole, the mad river Glen thing. Oh, and they were trying to raise that so that he could paint it for him. Yeah. So they were trying to get $7,500 and they are currently at $88,000 with 21 days to go. Damn. That is so awesome. So does that mean James is going to keep that extra money? I have no idea where that money's going. I think maybe like uh, Mad River Glenn's going to keep it. Yeah. But if you do back this, and this is why it got so much on Kickstarter, is if you back it, you get a choice of several art prints uh, of his work. So he has some really cool stuff. And, you know, especially if it's one of your... Um, beloved ski areas, whether you went there and it was special to you or you go there on a regular basis. It's kind of kind of cool to have some of these. Oh, it's really cool. And Mad River Glen is also super cool because it is a co-op and you can actually buy a share of the mountain for $2,000. Damn. What does it get you? <sighs> what does it get you? Let me tell you what it gets you. It gets you annual advance purchase requirement of $200. So you got to spend 200 bucks there automatically every year. Do I get um, free taco and sip of sunshine? I am trying to figure out what you get. Cause that would be great. If you get mad taco and sip of sunshine, I mean, I could start a Kickstarter and probably sell out in like a week. Well, you are right next to it. So there's perhaps something involved. Sip of hmm. sunshine related. SOS. But again, what is awesome though? So say you don't have $2,000 sitting around. You're like, Jesus Christ, Brian, would you just fucking buy shares of ski resorts whenever you want to? Shit. Yeah. No, don't you worry. You can make 40 monthly installments of $50 with a $150 down payment. (sighs) That's a bargain. That's kind of awesome. You're like, I own a ski mountain now. 50 bucks a month. So the only other cost is the $200 advanced annual purchase requirement. But that can be applied to every product and service on the mountain, including season passes, tickets, ski school, and food. The advanced purchase requirement does not represent an additional expense for most shareholders. Because again, you're going to go up there and ski, obviously, if you're already dropping 2000 to own a piece of this. So 10 shares. Why stop at 10? You know, I got the application up right now. Right? What's your credit card limit? How many shares can I buy? It's going to pay for itself. I want all the shares. I want as many as you can give me. And you start a coup and you like take over the whole executive committee. You horseshoe goes long on Mad River Glen. <laughs> right? They got, the, they got the new trail map coming up. Boom. It's, it's a bargain. It's not a bad idea. 
Total cost is twenty one fifty. So I once accidentally gave a tax driver a hundred dollars. Like I thought it was a single. So my my cab ride was seventeen eighteen. I was damn it. He was like, "Thanks, man. I'm out." It was like the good old days when like you're so stupid and you just buy a bottle of Jim Beam and drink the whole thing before you go out. Like one of those kind of nights. Yeah. I thought I was giving, and, this, and that was like back in the day when like a hundred dollars was like blood money. So mm. I, I thought I was giving him a 20 and a single. Cause it was like a $17 cab Damn. ride, whatever. I gave him a 20 and a 100. And you of course, bucks. He was like, thanks man. You're the best fare I ever had. Yes. And I, what did I get from that? Just a story. Damn. That's pretty much it. I could have taken that money and Use that for a down payment to own a piece of matter for Glenn. Shit, yeah. No, I did not. I just made a taxi driver. I gave him a wonderful night and a wonderful story. Actually, I'm sure he forgot me pretty quickly. I think we own part of Maddie River Glenn. Let's see. Why not? All right, that's on the back burner. I'm writing that down too. That's a note. Jot it down. Mad River Takeover. Mad Taco, Mad River Glenn. Take over Mad Taco next. Mad River Taco. How about we get a Mad Taco in Mad River Glen? That's right. We're going to call it Mad River Taco. Mad River Taco. Right on the mountain. I know we're all starting to think about skiing, but I'm asking you this question because I know the answer I'm going to give. Have you been practicing with your beacon this off season? I have pretty not, sure, but I of course thought, you haven't. Nobody I has. I thought about getting an extra beacon and trying to do the practice with it on the beach. See, that's not a bad idea. The good folks at Backcountry Access, they put out a blog post with four ways to practice with your transceiver during the off-season. Nice. Because let's be honest. You're out in the backcountry. You're in avalanche conditions. You have a beacon. If you don't know how to use it, it's the equivalent of not even having it. Pretty much. You know? So here's a couple scenarios. They're playing out there for you if you want to try this. Avalanche transceiver in tall grass. For this scenario, you'll need to find some tall grass, perhaps a long hillside that simulates an avalanche path. Use flags or another marker to mark the boundaries of the path. Then have a friend hide a beacon in the grass. Hmm. There you go. Next, avalanche transceiver. This is for both of us, Mario, in the sand. Yeah. The beach is ideal, but if you don't live next to a sandy beach or a beach volleyball court, oh, if you don't live by the beach, a beach volleyball court works great. Uh, can you imagine like digging it into a beach volleyball court and then while they're playing, you're like, dude, I'm finding my transition. <laughs> Just start okay. digging. He said, this scenario is especially cool because you can actually bury the transceiver and this will allow you to conduct a full companion Rescue and shovel and probe if you want. Mm, probing. Okay. Probing is fun. I'm all about <laughs> probing at the beach, right? Now, here's a tip. Put the transceiver in a plastic bag. Sand and electronics don't like each other. Ah. Keep in mind, if you decide to probe, a transceiver can be fragile and can also be difficult to bury deeply in sand. Therefore, it's best to bury the transceiver with something Thin, like a paint bucket lid or piece of plywood over it so you don't skewer it with your probe. 
All right. All right. Giggity, giggity. Yeah. This is a nice one. I like this one. Avalanche transceiver in a foam football. I've heard of deflate gate. Now we got transceiver gate. You cut your foam football in half. You jam your transceiver in there. You wrap it up with duct tape. And then you chuck that thing as far as you can and find it. Chuck it a country mile and then find it. It's awesome. Yep. And then transceiver hidden under a flower pot. So for this scenario, you'll need 10 small plastic flower pots. This is a great drill to do in your lawn or driveway. Use flags or another marker to mark the boundaries of your scenario. Place the flower pots upside down and then spread them out randomly through the search area. Then have a friend place a transceiver under one of the flower pots. Paper lunch bags also work great for the scenario, but make sure you weigh the empty ones down with rocks or sand. Nice. I actually found, I just thought of a, bet, a great one to share with them. I may have to write them back. How about a transceiver scavenger hunt? Get a bunch mm. of people with transceivers, give them a vague location of where the next clue is. Boom. Got to find it. Just saying. It's an option. It sounds like a uh, Dan Blazarian uh, transceiver hunt. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The Dan Blazarian trans. You girls want to earn 200 bucks the hard way? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Giggity, yeah. giggity. All right. Just one quick announcement I have is Whistler Blackcomb announced opening day is November 26, 2020. Coming up soon. Coming up soon. So they're coming out with dates. I think that's one of the big signs of why this caught my attention is that they came out with a date. So it's um, giving us hope. Yeah. Keep that hope alive. It's going to happen. Dark time and a lot of negativity, any sort of positivity, any sort of hope we're just grabbing onto. And that's like Thanksgiving weekend. So we're, we're good to go. Yeah. So we, they've given us a date already and that's going to help us roll into the main topic. And we're just really going to talk about what is skiing going to be like? You know, there's been so many, so many places are starting to formulate a plan, but a lot of it seems like taking what Vale did, which we talked about, was it last week or possibly the week before? I think it was last week. Um, yeah. And tweaking the knobs and dials a bit to make it work for them because their whole thing was, you know, pass holders first, have to make reservations online before. When you're cutting capacity, that seems to be the only possible way to do it at this point. And, you know, again, there's been a bunch of articles that came out. We talked about Vail. Ski Vermont, they just had their, they have on their site links to all the different resorts there and what they're going to be doing. I don't know, Killington came out with a video this week where they were talking about kind of their plan you know obviously they said weekends are going to be they're going to have to cut capacity it's it's not going to be a matter of just on a whim going up and going skiing or waiting for a powder day and going up it's going to be have to be very planned very organized know when you're going they're saying lift capacity is going to be 50 percent which hey man we've all been to those areas big areas on a Saturday or a holiday weekend. And 
I remember one time in Mount Snow being in line for like an hour. Yes. Again, is capacity going to be cut in half? Then, you know, if you were waiting for a half an hour, it'll be an hour now. Actually, if it's cut in half, then it'll be the same same time. If you're cutting exactly. capacity in half because you're going to have to put lift capacity in half, then it'll be the same thing. And, you know, they tried putting the positive twist on it where they were like, well, you know, it's we're going to have the, unfortunately for them, the least amount of skiers and snowboarders on the snow. So it could be the best conditions we're ever going to have if you're getting, if you can make it out there. Right. But that, that sort of seems to be the underlying theme is that it's going to be, you're going to have to plan ahead. You're going to have to get, you know, if you're a pass holder, you're going to have first dibs at it. And if you can go midweek, but I mean, it's, (laughs) I think it's all going to be natural selection. Everything's going to work out. You know, if, if things are busy and they're going to, you know, they oversell passes, people are going to go elsewhere. So I think it's all going to work out. But if you're planning a trip, what I've noticed, because I'm looking at trips, I got to travel everywhere. I'm still planning. And I think that you even more than ever, you have to look at your trip planning now. What are your dates? What do you plan to do? And then also have an alternate plan. So if something happens where things get closed up, if you're, I'm, I'm planning to go out of the country again, go skiing. Um, if things don't happen, I have a fully refundable, you know, deposit down on a trip. So that's part of the plan. Um, if you get there and there's something going on with, you know, it's just like if you were skiing in the springtime or early season, you'd always have a, have to have a backup plan of what if the skiing isn't good, right? What if the weather doesn't cooperate? So I think more than ever this season, everybody's going to have to have that as like your main plan and your backup plan. Be happy and be flexible because you know what? As long as you enjoy the trip, whether you ski, you don't ski, as long as it's a good time, you know, that's what matters, right? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the folks at All Mountain Mamas, they had an article that came out this week and they had, you know, it's titled, How Will My Family Ski This Winter? And they brought some good points too. You know, one of the things that at least I've been seeing is that this virus does not really transmit outdoors. It's, it's more of an indoor transmission. So, you know, we're outside in the sport. That's a, that's a big positive. You know, we're already wearing masks, eye protection and have things strapped to our feet that keep us distanced. So, you know, that's half the battle right there. Yeah. Well, the other thing too is like, you know, when you plan on going someplace, like now you got to look at, do I stay in a hotel where potentially even hotels change because say the hotel, I think four weeks ago. And, um, what they do now is they don't come in and automatically make up the room. It's on request. So if you're there for a whole week, uh, they're not going to come and clean the room. So just keep that in mind. But the idea is less contact is going to be less contact for possibly spreading COVID or anything else. Um, Another option is doing like a, you know, renting a condo or a timeshare or a Airbnb or something like that for a week. And then you're assured when you clean it, 
it stays clean. You know, it's you and your family or your group that's in that one area. So, I mean, logistics, you just got to think about a little bit more logistics as, as this goes on, maybe pack a sandwich for lunch instead of planning to go to the lodge. Well, that's a big thing is, you know, the lodges, they said they're going to have their capacity drastically reduced. I that's know be a big deal for people that are relying on it, you know? Well, it's, it's, it's going to be a big thing for people who go say they go skiing, but really just hang out in a lodge the whole time. Yeah. You know, like you're going to like those people and those are the people who too, you know, they may be lost as customers this season. Yeah. Those people, they're not going to spend their hundred dollar a day lift tickets just to hang out. Or they might be the only ones there. And now we're skiing for you and me. Well, I'm, (laughs) I'm actually really excited to see how places are going to maximize outdoor space. We talked about it last couple of weeks, you know, like if, if they just start like investing in a couple of heat lamps and maybe some, like some, well, the tents, they all do the, 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 the tents, the temporary tents, you chuck the them temporary up. Temporary tents. Yeah. Like you could actually do some pretty cool stuff and, you know, keep people yeah. separate, you know, keep up the distance, but also, and, you know, have some sort of like window set up window lines for, for food instead of having yeah. people go in there and sit down, just have things. Get a waffle. You could actually get a sandwich at the little walk up huts on the mountain. Yeah. Waffle cabin is going to make a fortune this year. That's right. But outdoor seating areas, why, you know, if it's not snowing and not super cold, why wouldn't you have outdoor seating? Like we've been places where it's, it's kind of nice in the sun, you know, out West, uh, pretty nice actually some of the days that we've skied. So. Yeah. Well, they're going to have to find a way to replicate a nice sunny day in new England when it's overcast (laughs) and brutally cold and frigid and no sun. Yurt village, my man, yurt village. Dude, I think I think there's going to be a lot of future. That's true. (laughs) Everything's coming up here. We should start a yurt company and start right now. That's not a bad idea. We've talked about this for the last couple months. Write down the yurt company. (laughs) What am I writing? Yurt X. Yurt X. (laughs) Again. Yeah. It's like five times in a row. I'm writing it every week. People are going to find some pretty cool, innovative ways too. I think. You know, Killington had their video come out this week about how they plan on handling this. And their whole big thing is, you know, there's not going to be an apre scene this year. They're focusing on skiing and riding. They're trying to make sure they have top to bottom skiing before everything opens. So they've actually formalized a plan for opening. So they're going to open a little bit later versus like the October that they always would gun for probably more like mid-November. They want to be top to bottom. Okay, great. But, you know, the whole like no app prey thing, I think people are going to find some awesome innovative ways, whether it's parking lots, pop-ups, like there's going to be something and it's going to be... In a condo with friends, you can go back to the condo, you know, back to the house. Have yeah. a little opre. Hey, neighbors are out. Opre. Like there's, there's going to be stuff going on. But again, logistically, you got to plan on some of this to change, right? Because there's not going to be a bar open that you can just go in potentially and just hang out. Like you may have to get a little more creative with that. You know, dude, I think Camelback, they should really, they should partner with Instapot and have some sort of like Camelback slow cooker. You can keep it in your backpack and you have yeah. like a whole like pot of chili ready to go in your backpack. Oh, and yet you can have a, the cold side. You could be like the, uh, like DLT. Cold side, cold and hot side, hot. You got to have one friend who's the hot guy. And then the one guy who's the cool guy. No, that's where you put it in your, well, 
So there's gonna be two things that happen. People are gonna do that in their cars or trucks and let it sit. And then the firemen are gonna have to come every once in a while and put out the car that's on fire. (laughs) (laughs) This is a possibility. And the best part of operating ski is watching the firemen come around and put out the car fires. And you know what? Everyone loves them. The firefighters come, so they'll have beers ready for them when they're done. Boom. Perfect. So actually, if you're looking for a winter gig, being a firefighter in a ski town could be a big one this year. All the Instapots. We're calling the Instapots. Go. Then again, Instapot sales might go up. I think so. Air fryers, Instapots. Air fryers. You do chicken while you're skiing. Dude, I just got it. I ordered an air fryer and it's coming soon. I can't wait. They're actually pretty good. My mom has Sweet potato fries. That's what I'm all about. They're good. I don't have one because I would try to make too much fried stuff and it's really not great for me. So I figured I'd, my doctor said, Hey, you know, you should cut out the fried stuff. And I'm like, what if it's air fried? They're like, it's carbs, dude. Like, how about I get a new doctor? (laughs) That's that's like a much better solution. I get a new doctor that doesn't give a fuck. How about that? Yeah. I just, yeah. I mean, it is going to be a bummer that, you know, there's going to be certain days where you wish you could just, you know, like, oh, we got a powder day. I'm going to go head over and buy a ticket. It, like, that's not going to be available, which sucks. But I'm hoping that this is temporary, that this is, yeah, this is going to evolve too. You know, things may change as we get a little further into the season. It might not just be, this is, we're setting this in stone and nothing is going to, you know, we're not going to veer from this plan. You know, these places need to make money. That's why they're here. They're not here because they love us, that they care about our wonderful experience. They just want to make money off of this. So yeah. if they're not making it, they're going to find a way to tweak it and to make money off of it. And, you know, I mean, I think I only skied like two or three days on the weekend last year. So I, I've tried to like alter my skiing to be more midweek also. So, you know, I, that's uh, maybe a little more crowded midweek, but yeah. you know, it's, I think it's going to be okay. I think we're going to figure this out. I think it's going to be great and fun and new and we're all going to experience this. And there's going to be so many innovations that come out of this as have happened with working from home, doing school from home. Like, you know, every school district rolled out the technology to do school from home, but they never did anything about it until we had the pandemic. Right. So now we have the ability, if they, if they need to do it remote, they can do it remote work remote. Boom. That's in there. Um, You know, different changes to the way we do things to keep, you know, you got to remember too, COVID's just one thing, but all the stuff they're going to put in place is going to help eliminate you getting the flu or getting some other like just stupid, like cold that you don't want to get. So it's all eventually going to be for the betterment of everybody. Uh, But I think there's going to be a lot of innovations that come out of this, you know, whether it's how we party or where we party or the way things are set up. I think it's, it's going to be, we're still going to party. You can't stop the party stop the party. I mean, people are still going to want to have fun. So I think we're going to find other ways to have it. Maybe it'll be a different experience and you know what? We might as well enjoy it. Um, because if you look at last year versus this year, right, they're going to be totally different. But if we get a vaccine and things calm down with COVID, we might be back to being able to, to have what we had last year. But I think in the interim, we're going to find stuff that we like just as much too. So it might be kind of cool. 
I think you know. I, I think that the the smaller independent resorts are going to benefit tremendously from all this because you know a lot of those big places, like you said, have a, have a backup plan, and I think a lot of people's backup plan is going to be, oh, I can't go to you know the big resort, I can't go to Jackson Hole, I'll go to Snow King. Yeah. You know, like people are gonna are gonna really rediscover the smaller independent resorts, and I think they are gonna really flourish in this crazy environment you know my big hope is that next year we're going to kind of look back and and laugh at what how this all went down and how we responded and reacted and that we got through it and we were better for it you know kind of like you said so maybe we'll look back at this and be like oh remember that one crazy winter how you know we had to do all this goofy ass shit and we couldn't ski when we wanted to and yeah. Well, I think it also may bring back, like you said, some of the independent and some of the smaller mountains. But more importantly, I think it may revive the magic and the beauty that we see in the ski towns themselves, right? Because the big resorts get bigger and they have all these amenities for us to not have to leave the resort. Now, if they if they have to limit it, now the actual town around a resort actually <laughs> flourishes right because now they can have that extra capacity even though they might be at lower capacity they can handle the people that can't be on the mountain hanging out for opera maybe you go off mountain to to opera maybe you go into a little village to walk around like you know it's i don't think it's going to be totally that bad i think it might lead to a better ski experience overall in the long run uh i think we just have to be open-minded about it um I'm kind of excited because it's going to be different than if you ski at big resorts all the time or, or the same resort all the time, you're going to just see something different this year. It's going to be, I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be innovative. You know, everybody's going to try to use their brains. We got some very talented people, very smart people in this world. And I think it's all going to, it's all going to, we're going to find a way to do the things we want to do just maybe in a different way. And I think it might be cool. Yeah. I was, I was terrified for a while about how things are going to go. But I'm really starting to get excited about, like you said, the innovation, the creativity, yeah. and and what's going to come from this. Because again, what are online and reservations? We were talking about that before. Why don't they limit the, the number of tickets at some of these resorts, right? They're going to do that now because they have to, but I could be around after, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, and, you know, I talked about it, I think, last week that, you know, I got the Indy Pass and, and I'm super excited for that because there's a bunch of areas, a bunch of ski areas in, you know, near me that I plan to check out for the first time. You know, there's the ones, obviously, like I've talked about Magic a million times because I love that place and they're on that Indy Pass. But there's other spots in New Hampshire, even in Massachusetts, Connecticut. You know, again, it may not be 4,000 feet of vertical, but at this this year, I'm I'm really trying to take a step back and and I think a lot of us are going to see this where we really look at what we took for granted and look at what we love about skiing and try to get back to that. You know, the kind of pure, just, just the shushing, just getting out there and making those turns no matter where it is. You know, if you're at a place with 200 feet of vertical or 5,000, you know, it's, it's still making turns in snow and, and that's what we all love doing. So not again, that experiences anywhere we go and going to these other areas might make it where 10 years from now we might be saying remember that great time we had a cannon you know what i mean we've never yeah. been there right yeah yeah i think this is going to be the year to to find 
find new places, find smaller places, support those, support them. Because you know what? Without them, we're not going to have the Killingtons, the Jackson Holes, the, you know, the Whistlers. They're not going to be there if people aren't getting out there learning and having those great local experiences before they, you know, make their way onto those big mountains. And local places, even around a big resort, the local areas are going to, I think, pull everything up and make it make it better for everybody too. That's where where they're gonna rely on. Yeah. It's I think it's gonna be different. It's definitely gonna be different. But I think yeah. there's gonna be a lot of positive things that happen. Right. What's that? Different in a good way though, right? Sixty forty, good yeah. and bad. Yeah, I think we're gonna find a lot of positives. We're gonna have some negatives. It might be a rough start, but I think it's uh I think we're gonna have a great ski season. So we're going to have the links in the show notes to all these different stories. And if you guys are hearing anything different or anything we may have missed, please hit us up, let us know. And, and we'll talk about it. Keep on podcast at gmail.com. Under the ropes. It's dizzy. So Ole Miss, which is where Eli Manning played. And a few other famous football players played. Um, they accidentally put a porn star on cups honoring healthcare workers. <laughs> so, you know, it was a good intention, right? They they decided to come out with these cups to honor healthcare workers, especially with the COVID, you know, everything going on. And they were cups that were going to be handed out at games and like support the team and honoring healthcare workers. And what they didn't know until... I guess after they were all printed up was that uh, they revealed, it was revealed that while they were trying to honor the healthcare workers, they featured a picture of a porn star, Johnny Sin, <laughs> on the cup. <laughs> so now, they took now, granted he is dressed like a doctor. <laughs> he is dressed like a doctor. So I could understand the mix up, but, um, <laughs> I, I'm thinking the ladies, maybe the, whoever identified him as like, Oh no, that's a porn story you got on there. So his name is Johnny Sins. He's been a lot of porn. Oh my God. I, I, I You kind of don't want to look it up. Just just look up the Wikipedia and well, it's that's pretty like a, it's pretty impressive that someone spotted this because you know they have their old miss heroes and it's got a bunch of, you know, it's just like it's a collage of a lot of different people. <laughs> you see Eli Manning and Johnny Sins like, what the fuck is going on? What, what do we got? Kind of what is in this cup? <laughs> what is in this cup? Ah. <laughs> uh, that's a special drink. That's a special something. Is Johnny it? Sins. I mean, they probably went on a, a Google image search and just grabbed like the first like hundred images. Stock photo of a doctor. Just, just stock photo of a doctor, not stock knowing photo, American pornographic actor. Yeah, the Twitter comments are pretty funny about this. So he's professionally known, and this is where we we're talking about Robin Leach earlier, <laughs> is he used to say things so regally and you he made things sound so proper and like official. So the way they write this Wikipedia is Johnny Sins is an American pornographic actor, director, and YouTuber. So they didn't use porn. They said pornographic actor, which I like. It, it makes it sound like more official. Because not everybody can be a star. All right. Like this uh, whole, this whole everyone, because they say porn stars, not everyone's a star. Some exactly. people are just actors. Act. He's an actor. He's an you actor. You do this with that. That's it. He won Male Performer of the Year a few times. See? But he's, you know, he's been nominated for such videos as 
<laughs> 2008 is first one. Fuck club. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Like that's pretty wild. I uh, mean, that's pretty much a genre creating event, right? That was, so that's a title. Like if you're looking on Amazon to see if they carry that movie, like do you type, do they have it or do they censor that? Like, it's just weird. <laughs> but now he's been in what they say. I was looking at this. They said he's described as a go-to guy for the studio, having performed in 1,054 scenes as of April 2019. And they said <laughs> over his pornographic career, about 2,300 videos he's performed in. 1,054. <laughs> Holy crap. That's impressive. Now, again, I'm looking at the Twitter comments on this particular post, and this person made a fantastic point. It says, I'm so confused. Ole Miss has a medical school. Why would they not choose one of their own distinguished alumni to feature? Like, why wouldn't they have like their own alumni on this cup? Did he go there? Uh, I don't know where he went. He uh, might not have graduated there. He might have just gone there. <laughs> so they actually were going to... They were trying to do a crowd. So in 2015, Pornhub launched a crowdfunding campaign through Indiegogo to reverse the produce the first adult film in space. So Sins and Eva Lovia were slated to perform in the film. And if it were successfully funded, they would receive six months rigorous preparation for launch, including zero gravity, velocity, and temperature training. Sins said about the opportunity, it's beyond just doing it for the money. Or the money shot, for that matter. It's uh. making history. <laughs> That's a quote you can't just... You can't make that up. Instead of like Apollo 13, it's like Apollo 69. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's got to be all like, horned out. So the campaign raised... Here's pretty messed up. Campaign raised $236,000 over 60 days, but failed to reach its goal of two, of $3.4 million. <laughs> But still, Wait a minute. So they were trying 000. to raise three and a half million dollars to send these dipshits to space to bang? Yes. All now, in the name of science. Involved, he would have been like, I, I could fly my own rocket and meet you up there. His alter ego, Elon Schlong, would have definitely paid for that. <laughs> Elon Schlong. E. Schlong Musk. <laughs> e. Schlong Musk. Oh, his, his whole film credit is just incredible. <laughs> it's just packed with, you know, the ones that we all know and love. Here's a shocker. He currently resides in Las Vegas and he's separated from his once married pornographic actor, Kiss of Sins. They separated in 2019, but remain close friends. Oh, that's nice. So if that's a shocker. Why don't they have reality shows about porn actor, actresses, like what they're... I remember there was that one show, Gigolos, which was... Gigolos, just, yes. Oh, that I, show was horribly painful. Of it. That was pretty whacked out. Oh, they were real Gigolos, right? They were real Gigolos. And hey, there were times that these guys really earned their salary. They're like... like Good mm. Lord. It's like, I've been married for 37 years and he left me and now I want to show him that... And yeah, these, you know, they're not, these aren't exact women in the prime of their life that these gentlemen have to service. Mm. You gotta, you gotta get the job done, son. You want to pay, you want to pay for that Mercedes? You gotta earn it. Gotta earn it. You gotta earn it. But imagine hey. like, just like, what is their life like? You know, that 
whatever his lovely bride, whatever her name was, what was their life like every day? Is it like a regular, when you wake up a nine to five job, you wake up, you're just like, oh, God damn it, work. Is he uh, like, oh, God damn it. So I need some time off. Style. Yeah. Stress killing me. You Chafed. Know. I don't know what sort of diseases I have, but like the things are getting on me. Well, I guess, you know, if you're in that industry, right, they get tested and they work with a lot of the same people in the same film studio, right? Now I would imagine they're, they're banging like a bunch of people in the same little group. I don't know. It's weird. Like a porn pod. It's a porn pod. I think they all have little porn pods. That's why, That's like, important. depending on who they're with means who they're, like, kind of partnered up with. But I guess it's one of those things, like, got to pay the bills, honey. Got to go do what I got to do, you know? It's just like any other job, right? You got to get groceries. You got to get gas. You got to pay the bills. The way, the, as hard as I work some days, I feel like I just blew a few people. It's horrible. <laughs> We've all had those days, right? You days know? you want to come back, take a drink and be like, I don't want to remember it. Just want, to, away. just want to look in the mirror and cry and take like a long shower, just sit take in the, the corner. Shower, hold yourself, <laughs> just rock back and forth. The crying game. <laughs> God damn it. You know, we've all been there, right? Yeah, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do to pay those bills. You got to pay the bills, man. Johnny sense this part of a, all myth history. This is a very, apparently a very hot collector's item right now. Oh, so is you, it selling? Oh, it's selling. Let's see if we go to type in Ole Miss. Ole Miss Cup on eBay. Well, these are not very exciting. These are all just a picture of some old-looking, racist-looking guy with a hat and a cane. God damn, is that one of the guys from, like, Dukes of Hazzard or something? Dude, it's amazing the shit people buy on eBay. <laughs> oh, that old Miss Koozie Cup? It's like Colonel Sanders with a hat. That's like their logo, yeah. Ridiculous. They make, they change the Washington Redskins, but they don't change that. <laughs> like, I'm sure it's on the way. I'm sure, you know. guy, What the hell? I'm sure it's going to happen soon. Oh, the Rebels. That's right. The Rebels. Wasn't the it Rebels, Vegas was too? Right? The Rebels were from the South, right? That's what they right. considered. So, so obviously it's going to have to get canceled. Cancel the whole university now. Right. Close it up. They're not only racist, they're also stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what you're, what you're teaching down there, but... You're racist and stupid. Racist. I really wonder if the person who came up with that put that picture in there, they had to have known. Oh, that's that's like gold though. Yeah. That's like from a neighboring college that <laughs> they're like, yeah, fuck that. Let's put this guy in there. It seems like a Van Wilder sketch. Any <laughs> <laughs> version of it. <laughs> they have a Yeti old Miss Cup. I wonder if it has this picture on it. <laughs> engraved. You <laughs> you get it like engraved and send it out to all the boosters. Oh my god. <laughs> Well, they're saying they haven't actually... So this is another article. This is from Barstool. They haven't actually released it yet because... Oh, that's a play on words there, too. It's not... Hey, whoa. Gonna have a big release. Oh, indeed. All over the place at one time. All over Florida in two weeks. That's from their first home game. Uh, (laughs) They're gonna release it on Florida. The Rebels are gonna unleash on the Gators. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, so they're saying they're probably going to have this pulled before the game occurs. They're going to pull out. With this, gonna apparently. Pull out before. They're not going to finish. 
They're not going to release. They're going to pull out. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that guy has to get like Johnny Sins has to get a free. He's got to get his own like day there, like Ole Miss day. <laughs> they got to honor him. That like they're looking for a new logo. <laughs> you can use him as inspiration. It's just him shooting a cannon or some shit like that. <laughs> I think Ole Miss is the one where they have the little cannons they shoot off. Oh, do they? Yeah, they're fucking racist. <laughs> racist as hell. They're like a filthy racist there in Ole Miss. Shit, I'm not gonna say anything. I'm sure there's some non-racist people there, but that logo's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You just picture him saying boy a lot. Yeah, yeah, like it's a cross between Colonel Sanders, Mr. Smithers, and like the Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah, like what the hell? Yeah. I don't know. I went to App State, so they have the the old mountain man. He looks a little suspect too. (laughs) There's definitely some rape in his past. Then again, he looks like every lifty out there with a big ass beard. Yeah. All right. Well, old Miss, good luck to you. You crazy bastards. Crazy bastards. Crazy porn loving bastards. Good luck. Yeah. And that wraps up the podcast of the week. Thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. Those new shirts, they are available. You get a shirt. Skibumpodcast.com slash shop. That's get a shirt for the yurt. Stunning. Get it. So you're waiting in line. You got your cool shirt on. You got a conversation starter love it that's right visit us on the socials twitter instagram facebook we're at ski bump podcast our favorite social media app untapped ski bump podcast and ski bump podcast brian send us an email ski bump podcast at gmail.com or also on itunes stitcher spotify please go on rate us and leave a comment and subscribe that would be very helpful thank you again and we'll talk to you guys next week stay hot stay polluting see ya <laughs>